Check, check. One, two, one, two. Sibilance, sibilance. Mic check, mic check. <laughs> okay. Uh, as I'm checking out this uh, this microphone right now, it's making me think that I really do need to come. I need to come up with a better way to check my microphone at shows. I feel <laughs> better than one, two, one, two. Check bass microphone. Check. I need to come up with something better. I I think that seriously, the microphone check game is the part of my lowest of all my game skills. Um, oh, by the way, if you're listening to this right now, you're a musician specifically or anybody that's recording anything. Right now, I'm recording this on my iPhone. This, is, this has nothing to do with what I was going to share with you today. But by the way, I, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine that was talking about how some of my travel episodes sound. Their mind was blown when I told them that I'm using this iPhone, this iPhone microphone. That's that's search iPhone microphone on Amazon. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Oh, this is an MV88 is what it's called. Sure makes it. It just plugs into the lightning port of your phone. I'm not sponsored by Sure. This is just for those that care. Right now, I'm recording on a freaking iPhone plug-in mic, and this has saved my butt so many times. If um, I mean, just about any uh, Daily Guinness episode that I do while on the road, I'm recording it with this thing. I think it sounds incredible. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you can buy this thing for $129 right now and get it overnight uh, on Amazon. This thing rules. If you like the way I sound, I'll put a, a link in the show notes below and you can check it out. So this, <laughs> this rant, it has literally nothing to do with uh, what I want to chat with you about today. What I want to chat with you today is about a show that Sarah and I watched a while back that I recently stumbled on my notes on. I know that sounds super nerdy, but I took notes uh, on a show that Sarah and I were watching. And as I do, I have extensive notes. I want to share those with you. I'm fully aware of how nerdy I am, uh, but I'm embracing it. 2023, the year of embracing my nerdiness. Uh, Okay, so I want to share with you uh, five things that stuck with me about the creative journey that I learned while watching the Netflix series called The Toys That Made Us. So since I have Amazon pulled up right now, uh, you go ahead and listen to this quick theme song, and I am going to search Smart Wool Boxer Briefs because I need some for an upcoming trip. And by the way, if you care about what microphone I'm, uh, I'm using while I'm traveling, I should let you know that Smart Wool underwear is the only underwear that I travel with. Just saying. It's the best. It's an eight-part documentary series about the toys that we all know. Plastic creations that last for generations and we still cannot let go. Little molded figures that gave us big dreams will go back in his book, uh, Derek Sivers. Have you ever heard of Derek Sivers? If not, holy crap, you got to dive into anything. Um, that he's done. He uh, he invented. He was the founder of CD Baby. Uh, if you're if you're interested in Derek Sivers, I recommend um, searching Derek Sivers, Tim Ferriss uh, podcast, the Tim Ferriss Show. He has a great conversation with him, and he's freaking 
Brilliant. Uh, Derek and I were emailing back and forth, and he sent me a copy of his book back in the day called Hell Yeah or No. Uh, a massive thing uh, Derek Sivers talks about is uh, learning to learn metaphorically from people outside of your field. All right, so take that mindset and mix that with the mindset of learning to uh, make a habit of writing shit down. Um, it's something I learned uh, from a guest on this podcast. And if you haven't dove in, I have a whole series uh, called Write Shit Down. Uh, you can check that out. That came out uh, this last year. <laughs> I know this is really nerdy, but I, I combined these two things. I decided to have uh, to commit to having a Moleskine notebook with me anytime I watch movies or TV with Sarah here at home. And every single time I'm watching something, I've got my Moleskine notebook and I think I'm on my fifth uh, notebook right now of notes, quotes, insights, things I found interesting. Yeah, things I found interesting. So, I, and I was looking through it uh, last night and I came on this whole section when Sarah and I were watching this TV show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. If you haven't heard of the show, it's essentially a morphine drip of nostalgia. Each episode focuses on one toy that we all grew up with and uh, dives into the creation of it. Okay, where'd the idea come from? What are the backstories? Uh, and it's fascinating. If you're curious enough to look beneath the surface of these the 12 episodes that make up this series, there are thousands of micro stories that form up this like masterclass of creativity of desperation, grit, pain, luck, fortitude. At the core of this show, uh, it's a reminder that these things that we grew up with were not created out of some sort of mystical enlightenment by people that knew without a shadow of a doubt that uh, this endeavor would be a financial success. It was actually, most of these stories are quite the opposite. Most of the things that didn't exist but now do were created out of this like painful life circumstances, confusion and desperation. The loss of a job somewhere forces someone to create something else just to make a living. And that just happens to blow up through hard work and a good dose of luck. Okay, here's an example. Like World War One, the Great Depression meant that the materials people had relied on uh, in the past to make things were no longer available. So this carpenter from Denmark creates these little blocks out of this new plastic and makes a thousand mistakes along the way, uh, but eventually comes up with this thing we now know as Legos. Check this out. Did you, I don't know if you know this, but hundreds of toy companies passed up on the licensing for Star Wars to make toys out of that. Until one company before Star Wars blew up said, hey, we, why don't we just jump on this? Uh, and it ended up being a massive success for them. They took a risk on something they didn't know if it was going to pay out, and it eventually did. Okay, besides me just being evangelical about this show and saying, you got to go check this out, go watch every episode, learn as much as you can from it, take notes. Uh, it has actually been that inspiring uh, to me. Or maybe I'm just a smart wool underpants wearing nerd. Uh, either way, I haven't watched every episode yet. Uh, but as I'm, I was looking through my notes I've taken, here are five things that the show has taught me already uh, while going through it. Number one. Yeah, like, okay, so survivorship bias. Looking backwards and seeing, like, the, okay, the Star Wars uh, situation. The Star Wars licensing toy. It's easy to look back from our vantage point right now and be like, 
oh man, you bunch of idiots. Of course you should have done that. Of course you should have licensed him. Of course you should have dove into him. You're an idiot not to. But I, I feel like it's super important in our the framework of right now, if we want to be in a healthy, open space mentally, uh, we have to realize that the people that were successful, that took chances, that took up opportunities in the past, those things weren't obvious opportunities at the time. It was just someone approaching someone else with an idea. Okay, so so like for me, going into the, uh, at the top of the year, as I'm thinking about this next year and I'm thinking about opportunities, I want to keep this on the front of my mind. I'm trying to think right now, like what opportunities are staring me in the face right now? I want to be open to the things I might stumble on and realize that most likely they're not going to look like these just blatantly clear, clear, um, opportunities. Otherwise, I would have freaking invested in Amazon in 2019 or at least a little cryptocurrency. Okay, number two, nothing starts as a final iteration. It takes years of mistakes and wonky versions to get there. Don't look at past versions of anything you're working on right now as less than. Look at them with gratitude knowing that they were what was needed to get where you are right now. Oh, man. Um, my, okay. When I'm thinking about this, my mind instantly goes back to, I mean, you're listening to the freaking podcast right now. So my mind instantly goes back to thinking about how embarrassed I am of previous podcast episodes. Essentially every episode besides this one, uh, I have a little bit of embarrassment about, and I bet in one week I may be embarrassed about having had put this one out into the universe that you're listening to right now. Because every single time I make a podcast episode, hopefully I'm getting better. Every session I'm in, recording base, every uh, time I am developing a new role of film, whatever it is, hopefully it's getting better and better. But the, the negative of that is to look back on my past work with embarrassment or judge it with anything less than realizing that I needed, yeah, this past uh, self, this past iteration was needed to get to where I am right now. And that frees me up uh, for the future. Oh, I mean, that even reminds me of a quote by John Cleese um, that I heard him say in a podcast interview once. Uh, he says something like, perfectionism is goal-oriented instead of what you need to be process-oriented. Be a perfectionist. Yeah, but focus on ch achieving it over a long period of time and over multiple drafts. You just need to get something down. And then he would like went on to tell a story about how Monty Python uh, and the Holy Grail threw away like 90% of the first draft that they did. But you need that first draft to get to draft number two. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Okay, number three. Grit and fortitude seem to me I, yeah, this grit and fortitude seem to me that possibly the most important traits one can cultivate within themselves. Without these, nothing in the world is created. If you haven't heard of this word fortitude, I'm obsessed about it. It essentially means strength in the face of adversity. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I have a horrible memory for the positive things in my life and a great freaking memory for all the negative things people have said, things I've done, all that crap. So for me, one of the things I do is, once again, this is super cheesy, but I keep a fortitude folder on my phone using Evernote. So like if someone has sent me like a really deeply meaningful text 
about uh, myself or any project that I've been part of, I will throw that in there. I've got voicemails in there. I've got emails in there. And when I feel crazy, crazy low, um, it's maybe like once every six months, I'll, I'll do a deep dive into my fortitude folder. Uh, if there's ever been a gap on the podcast and uh, episodes not coming out and all of a sudden I'm back doing a bunch of them, it's probably because I almost quit. And <laughs> I'm just being real. And I've dove into the fortitude folder. Uh, yeah, use that memory and encouragement to push through. And that's why I'm back, baby. Okay, number four, success never follows the emulation of other successes, yours or others. Success only comes from following your gut. Man, the toy companies, freaking toy companies, that failed over and over and over again and never seemed, I mean, there's so many of these stories, but they never seemed to get get their break or that uh, escape velocity in life. Those companies were always the ones that were ch- seemed to be chasing the success or wins of other people. And it's one of those things, like if something's already out that you're trying to emulate and put out into the world, you're already a step behind. You got to go with your gut. Um, number five, creativity and blue collar hard work are not able to be separated. Those that think they are separate are cursed to a life that will never see manifestation. Manifestation, I now know as the fact that we simply attract who we already are. All these stories of these things being made seem to me to be an amalgam of three things, Uh, like hard work and intentionality, uh, sudden inspiration, creativity, and who the hell knows where ideas come from. Uh, If we're being honest about our ego, uh, can can we really take credit for the ideas that come to us? And then the third thing is just blatant luck in life. Larry King once said that Paul Newman taught him this. Anyone when discussing his or her life who doesn't use the word luck is a liar. And I believe that. And I feel like success happens when hard work and opportunity meet. So that's what I'm thinking about uh, this week. Uh, okay. The toys that made us, what, if you're going to start with an episode, don't screw what I think. If you can start with an episode, just pull it up and find one that you connect with or something you remember from your childhood or the movies that made us is actually pretty freaking brilliant too. Uh, and I would just encourage you to watch it metaphorically. What are the things going behind the obvious? All right. That's all I got. Stay curious and don't forget to clean up your Legos. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.